Welcome back to another episode of Inside Access Control, sponsored by SIA. Uh, very, very excited today to have Ilya Umansky join me from Sphere State and Current Consulting. Thank you very much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm very, very glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bit of a time change, uh, you know, from time zones between the two of us. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain. But um, I've enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, I wrote something and then you posted on uh, on LinkedIn. We were connected by a mutual friend. Um, yeah. And since then, it's, I've been really enjoyed uh, the conversation, the, your, your point of view and how you approach the marketplace. Uh, we share mm -hmm. some areas. We There's some areas that, you know, we, we get into a good dialogue. So I'm, I'm excited to have you, you do this. And this one's gonna be a little bit different. Um, we're gonna talk about a couple topics that are uh, different than product and services, which is a lot of what, what usually is talked about here. Um, and we'll dive into like, you've got a list of things around fragmentation, core competencies, mentoring and coaching for young professionals. So should be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to dig it in. So why don't we start off though, introduce yourself, your story, your background, super interesting, and let people know who you are. So uh, thanks again for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, uh, the start is uh, in 1993 and before. Um, that's Russia, Moscow. I was born there. Uh, graduated from high school. And uh, um, basically at the age of 17, moved to New York. Um, complete shift of mindset, priorities, uh, upbringing, what whatever you may think of it was a you know culture shock and then multiple uh shifts in the way i was uh, i was thinking and uh educating uh, uh myself so uh in new york um very quick transition into um uh, john jay college of criminal justice um with the first bachelor's degree in criminal justice then uh Master's degree in criminal justice policy analysis. This is uh, this was very very um, uh, eye opening for me. I learned from uh, some of the best uh, instructors, um, pretty much globally, because John Jay um, has a uh, uh, very underrated college, by the way, but it has a fantastic uh, group of uh, professors and instructors that uh, at least were part of the program that I was uh, I was uh, learning in. And so, two thousand rolls in. Um, I get a call from uh, none other than Paul DiMatteis, whom I've been uh, both, uh, I mentioned him to you, I, uh, I very often uh, mention his name in uh, professional circles because he's a person that really deserves a lot more recognition than he gets today. Uh, and uh, he uh, is one of the people that uh, first took me in to Prudential Financial in Newark, New Jersey in 2000. And uh, um, also, coached me, mentored me, um, whatever you may think about how those two things are aligned or how, how they work. Imagine that this person pretty much started me uh, on my career path. And um, what uh, happened uh, within the six years uh, at Prudential Financial, because keep in mind, I started in 2000, then 2001 rolls in, 9-11 rolls in. So that was such a shock to everybody and uh, such a shift for our security program. Uh, and 
uh, we had to adjust, had to uh, learn even more, uh, change our thinking. And so um, within the six year period from 2000 to 2006, when I was there together with Paul and the rest of the team, uh, our fascinating folks, uh, I wish I could spend you know, more time to, to describe them to you. Uh, but we did uh, probably more work than people do in 20 years uh, in their career. Uh, everything from policy, strategy, uh, tabletop uh, exercises, traveling around the world and implementing international security management program, then taking care of the standards for uh, large, medium, and small uh, facilities, then uh, working on emergency access uh, measures for you know, both New York City and elsewhere. Uh, to information protection, mergers and acquisitions, investigations. So it was a spectrum of things that I had never imagined that I could possibly touch uh, in my professional life. Uh, and that happened in, in the course of six years. Then 2006, Kroll, uh, I moved, uh, well, again, uh, a bit of a culture shock because uh, it was a consultancy. I was not in-house anymore. And uh, uh, Within a couple of months, my boss, Chris Granite, shows up and says, go and uh, help us out with the uh, uh, complete renovation of the United Nations headquarters, uh, a project where Kroll was a lead company in terms of design of security systems and, uh, and uh, physical reinforcements and so on. And uh, that was a fantastic experience for me. Um, I think uh, I've learned um, pretty much everything that I know today. Uh, about technology, about integration, about uh, product uh, management and product implementation, interfacing, and all of those things, and also engineering, um, while um, kind of getting my feet wet at Kroll as a consultant. So that was fascinating. And the people around me uh, were also my mentors, my coaches. It was wonderful. Um, I spent uh, the next six years managing the UN and doing bunch of other projects for law firms, for insurance companies, and what have you. Um, a lot of projects were international. Uh, then in 2012, uh, I moved over to Hong Kong. Um, and uh, that was still with Kroll, but uh, really supporting operations uh, for the Asia Pacific region. Um, and uh, that also lasted for about uh, five years. In 2017, I left Kroll, moved back to New York, um, brief stint with an integrator, uh, opened up my own firm in the, uh, at the same time, tried to dabble uh, both as a consultant, but also most importantly, I started realizing this idea of sphere state and, and further passing on the knowledge and the information that I had gained, gained over the years. And uh, uh, yeah, that's basically what brought me to New York to today. And uh, uh, we moved back to Hong Kong as a family with me having, having to be both associated with my own firm, but also um, I'm collaborating with a firm that's called Current Consulting. And uh, the things that we're doing today are uh, a lot of risk management work, a lot of management consulting work, a lot of uh, resilience uh, support work and the resilience development work, uh, but you also get traditional work uh, like your straight up what, what's called security consulting, uh, both on the operational side, on the uh, technological side, um, and uh, we're advising a bunch of clients uh, on investigative work, due diligence work, something that I also used to do at Prudential. So all of that really sums up and uh, could be described 
simply as a generalist. Okay, I've I've worked on I've just been lucky to have worked on a bunch of things uh, over the years, and um, uh, I would say that uh, it gave me a lot of uh, education. And uh, here we are today. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's definitely I, and now. Um, you know, I, I had a, a good idea of the story, but now I understand a bit more, and it makes sense uh, why some of the things that you've written and you put together, uh, the point of views that you bring uh, from that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that, you bring up the generalist side, and uh, through a conversation you and I had before, is you have a pretty um, strong point of view when it comes to uh, the fragmentation in our industry and the fact that we have people that are, you know, tacticianers of a certain thing. Um, and you mentioned you being a generalist. Can you speak to a little bit of why you feel the generalist is what's needed in our industry now? So um, imagine um, having two folks having a conversation. Uh, one person represents, let's say, the niche of executive protection, and another person is an integrator. Okay, both, uh, as far as our industry is concerned, can talk a good game about their own craft. But when you put them together and they have to exchange ideas, and let's say one person talks about um, design of security systems and technologies, and the other person, uh, to some degree, maybe understands it, but really is more of a uh, a practitioner that looks after families, that looks after uh, high networks executives, their residences, but more from a what's called a physical Uh, point of view and uh, really just uh, physically uh, uh, allocating resources and personnel and uh, picking vehicles and so on. So only a small portion of that work um, really entails anything technology related. Yes, of course, there's a lot of tech uh, around executive protection, but when you put the two professionals together, it is very unlikely that they'll be able to have a comfortable conversation. And so what concerns me uh, about our industry is that uh, I've observed not only people from these two niches uh, being, being unable to come together and converge in a sense and say, okay, well, you know, we can really put our heads together and solve a lot of problems better with more ex- extensive tool set. But I also see people uh, in threat intelligence unable to understand, let's say, design of security systems. I don't see manufacturers of products being able to understand, let's say, uh, even interestingly, their, their own clients, in the, those that are in-house, and understand some of the problems and challenges that they're dealing with. Um, and so what concerns me is that we're all saying we're security professionals, right? But we're not using a tool set that is extensive enough and is wide enough to be able to pick out and say, you know what, this problem can be solved primarily from a technological perspective. I still need strategy and operations to back it up and I should know how to do that. But if you only know tech and you don't understand how to sell a strategy, you're dead in the water. If you understand how to, do, how to strategize but you don't understand technology, you're dead in the water. And so I feel as though we spent a lot of time building out these niches, uh, so media surveillance and uh, access control and technology. We've built out a niche for, um, let's say, executive protection, threat intelligence, and so on, but we are not having a collective conversation. And 
if we are to try to have a collective conversation, we will quickly realize is that we can solve problems for our clients, first of all, much more effectively and efficiently. Secondly, we can solve them with far more empathy and far, uh, well, less expenditure, if you will, because uh, a lot of people like shiny things, and so they'll go and invest. Uh, but in reality, it's not about really dumping a ton of money into a solution, right? Um, and so if we were to try to have this, what, what, yeah, what, what, what the industry is now calling converged conversation and also convergence of our disciplines and sharing what we each of the niches, what we each know with each other and teaching across our niches, I think that all um, rolls up to this notion of having more of a generalist mindset like, where can I select my tools? Where are they? Are they on the executive protection spectrum side of the spectrum? Or are they on the technology side of the spectrum? Or are they somewhere in the middle? And I would love to see more and more of a generalist mindset to be applied to our industry. Now, just to, to be clear on it, um, would you agree there's pockets where it makes so our industry likes to be binary on everything. It's like you're either a generalist or a specialist when mm. would you agree that there's a time and a place for specialists, but we are over, over done on the specialist side and we need to bring in some of the generalists. Is that, is that fair? So there's this concept, it's very fair. Thank you for pointing that out. What I would like to uh, uh, just add here um, is that there is this concept of a uh, specialist generalist. Okay, I'm sorry that it's, it's verbose and you know, I wish there were a better title. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's come up with one, I don't care. So, but this is the issue. If I'm approached by someone, right, and they say, oh, we want to talk tech with you. I'm going to sit down and be able to talk about tech at an engineer's level, okay? I'm not, uh, let's say, an electrical engineer. I'm not going to sit down and say, however, let's say, what kind of amperage I need in a, you know, in a power uh, unit, right? But I can actually talk about how a security system is designed point to point, head end to mid spans, to cabling, to terminations, to edge devices, okay? I can also have a fairly robust conversation about executive protection, okay? I can talk about advanced work, I can talk about selection of personnel, I can talk about behavior, I can talk about how do you set up a residential security versus corporate security. Now, so when I say generalist, I actually mean a person who would know each one of the niches we have today much more deeply. But a generalist has to be more of an umbrella person who can then you know, amalgamate a lot of this very niche information and be able to translate it as a, as a solution, as a viable solution to senior management. Because they don't need to hear. Uh, if they hear more of... of megapixels and terminations and mid-spans and uh, oh you know we're doing advanced work or we're going to a gun range if they hear more of this their heads are going to explode okay i think that we're, we're we've oversaturated their thinking with the wrong uh very niche information and what we should be talking about are is how do we meet business objectives so if we are risk managers at the end of the day, right? I don't care whether I'm solving it with technology or operations, whatever can work that meets business objectives of my organization or organizations that I'm consulting. So that's what I mean when I say the generalist 
pretty much overrides and kind of sits atop of a bunch of special uh, niches, specialists, if you will. Okay, so it, I'm aligned on that idea, and and I would even say my my background supports the generalist approach, and and I would mm. agree. There's you know our industry is very much of like you know. I've got a hammer who needs a hammer. I'm the specialist in the hammers and they bring there the hammer go. people in. Yeah. So I, I, I totally get it. I'm with you. Um, that said the, I, I would say again, a, a lot of our industry is faced off of, or, or focused on uh, pre-existing methods. And that's, you know, mm. we're very hard to break that cycle. So let's say we're aligned, which we are, but let's other people. Um, fine. I want to do that. Uh, what, what is your recommendation on how to do that? Like, where do you go to get sure. to like, what is, what is a, what does a person look like that is, uh, the habits of that person look like that is taken the, the generalist approach, uh, look like, you know, um, uh, this is what bugged me for so many years. I actually used to think very much as a specialist. I used to think when I was at Prudential, I used to think from a policy perspective. Uh, and from basically from training perspective, when I became, when I came to crawl, I started thinking more in terms of technologies and how they solve people's problems. So I believe what, um, what I've been thinking about, what I've now uh, developed um, for, let's call it mass consumption, if you will, is that we all have to start thinking in terms of skill domains. Okay, now, I, I use those words, you will find them on my, on my website. However, What's important to understand is that we do need to expand this, the set of skill domains well beyond just our industry. So here's the way I think about it. First is professional polish, okay? So this generalist of ours that we're creating, this, this person, right, will be dead in the water if they don't have professional polish, if they're not able to articulate, if they don't have uh, good verbal and nonverbal communication, if they cannot speak the language of the business as as you i'm sure hearing from a lot of folks so and there's a lot of a lot of additional professional skills professional polish skills for example how does a person dress okay how does a person um how punctual is a person what are their time management skills okay um how good are they at a, at very quickly adapting to having different types of conversations with different types of um other professionals in an organization, legal, compliance, whoever, right? So that's just one domain, right? Then we talk about psychology. Psychology is at the root of our behavior. So if we want to change behavior, we better understand psychology, right? So that's domain number two. And there's a lot more I can tell you, but we have um, limited time, so we can expand that conversation later, later on. Third is uh, design. Here is the problem. If you take a look at graphical user interfaces of today's very well-touted um, access control systems, right? You're very, if, you, if you bring a sensible designer from outside of security industry, they will shut that uh, UI down. They will take a look and say, guys, this is, this is not gonna fly. Compare, considering who you're designing for and what these people need to do with this uh, feedback from the, from the UI, okay? So design drives every door that we install. It, it drives every type of handle. It drives every type of video surveillance uh, unit that we put in, in front of people or um, uh, and how we design spaces. Uh, also, uh, architecturally, compartmentalization-wise, all of that is part of the design, 
right? And design also informs how we create a report, for example. Why, you know, we've been for years lamenting about the fact that why are reports dust, you know, sitting and collecting dust on the shelf? Well, you didn't design it right so that uh, somebody, a consumer to whom you're addressing this report could actually understand what, what you're trying to say to them very quickly. So design is that third component. And then there are four operational, four, four you know, focused component, let's, components, let's call it. One is uh, operational security. So we're talking about how do you actually create a structure for an organization? How do you um, run personnel? How do you select talent and so on, right? Uh, based on what qualities? Uh, how do you create documentation that drives your uh, program forward? Right? Then we talk about uh, things like technology. Do you, want, you need to understand that technology uh, feeds in as a solution to most problems. Uh, where we're seeing this right now in, uh, uh, in, in New York and you know, many other cities across the US and overseas, right? How people are quickly turning to technology uh, from contact tracing to fewer cameras and what have you, right? So you need to understand that also fairly deeply. Right. And then you have two additional domains. Right. The, 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 the you know, um, domain, let's call it domain six would be um, physical security. A lot of people misunderstand that we are all part of the physical security uh, group, but we're not. Physical security is about walls, doors, door hardware, compartmentalization, blast protection. Uh, site selection, site planning, architecture. That's what I believe is physical security. Right. Then, last but not least, is incident management. So, do you understand how to manage an incident, right? If something were to happen. So, my generalist, my idea for a generalist, has a lot of uh, attributes that have been inculcated in them uh, from each one of these domains. So, I would love for a person or a group of people, the younger generation, to actually study across those seven domains. Now, will they deploy every one of those domains in their job? Maybe not. But having that knowledge and practicing and maybe accumulating more and more uh, knowledge and skills across those domains will, them, will make them infinitely more capable because that in and of itself creates a wonderful tool set where you can draw constantly in order to solve business problems. Wow, well said. Um, there's a lot there, and, and I and I'm uh, violently in agreement on, on a lot of that. And uh, I think some of the training programs and the way that people approach it, and really, I think one of the things that I've picked up uh, from you that I think, tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but um, it, I wouldn't wait for the organizations that you work for to to do that. I would take control mm -hmm. of your own career and your own ability to be a generalist, and 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 really prioritize. Uh, the time, whether that's, you know, getting training, getting a coach, mentoring, whatever it might be. Um, there's some opportunities uh, that I think the individual needs to take as well as then leveraging resources within your own organizations that, that are mm. there um, and allowing that to happen, which I, 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 I come across a lot of people that are doing that. And I think there could probably be a lot more. And as our industry goes, um, I agree. The people that do that, I think, will, will separate themselves and be set up for proper success. And I think the expectation from the end users and the customers are going to be they're going to want to interact with people that understand uh, a broad list and then can bring in 
the specialists when they're needed. And, and uh, there's a fantastic place for specialists. I actually meet a lot of young and aspiring professionals who all they want to do is to be a threat intelligence analyst. You know, that's their objective, at least for the chunk of years that they want to spend with the organization, let's say, right? And maybe they want to move on to a few organizations where they will do that type of work. It's exciting. It has a lot of interesting things. I mean, uh, it's no wonder people have been turning to Overseas Security Advisory Council and their team, right, of threat intelligence analysts. Uh, for advice, because they're all young uh, and aspiring professionals and they do wonderful work. However, right, it's very dangerous to then turn around and say, I am a security professional, okay? That, that doesn't earn you that respect, okay? And this is why I feel that we really should just not only have the conversations, we also need to start saying, okay, what's the structure of our education? Okay, we're, we, do we want to be considered a trade? And I was fascinated by the word used by Tim Wenzel when he was uh, uh, in another conversation with you. And I, you know, it struck me, it really did, uh, that he called us a trade. Uh, I don't disagree at all, but I'm, I'm sad. 20 years in the industry and I'm still in a trade? Are you serious? You know, I, I know I have done better than that. Okay, I know many people who have done much, much better than that. Okay, so, but we're still, we're still grappling with this idea. What is the base of our education? And I feel that the more we diverge, we're actually, you know, we were talking about convergence, right? We're actually diverging. We're creating more and more niches, right? So my concern is if we continue to create more niches, right, we're going to be stuck uh, that each niche will only edu self-educate, they will have their own platform, let's say, right? But that platform is only going to be able to solve or produce talent that can solve, I don't know, 5% of the problems. So that is my biggest concern. I really would, you know, really was, uh, uh, I really wish we were not a trade anymore. We were something better. But uh, we, we need to be far more structured. And uh, conversations are great, but... Uh, what are we doing about really putting pen to paper or coming together as, as a group of professionals who are influencing change with our industry associations? I love it. I'm going to leave it at that. We could continue to have a conversation, but we'll set up another time to do that. Um, <laughs> sure. No, I appreciate it. That well said. Um, if people want to find out more information and get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? So, um, well, uh, www.spherestate.com. Um, and uh, they can also look me up on uh, www.current-consulting.hk. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, very readily available. So I, I highly recommend people reaching out. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. I love the conversation. I'm, I'm full on board with you, the direction uh, that we need to go. And I do believe it'll get there. So thank you for taking the time. I know it's late at night. Um, and, uh, <laughs> It's been, it's been great to catch up with you. Thank you. You're very kind. Thank you very much for the offer to, to speak with you. And I, I, I hope that people uh, will come back to you as, they, as I've seen that they do with a lot of commentary. Now, good or bad doesn't matter, but uh, I think that we need to start building beyond that commentary and uh, really trying to do something about it uh, in a more structured way. I really appreciate the opportunity to share that with you. Absolutely. Thank you.